I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Salam Maxim, man dakhla al-Islam biyaqeen, he who enters Islam with certainty, la yakhruju minhu illa biyaqeen. Or didn't get outside of Islam except by certainty. So it's not up to me, yeah, he is kafir. Wait a minute. Where is your certainty? Ustad Iyad Hilal, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, and welcome back to the Thinking Muslim podcast. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. It's great to have you with us today. Now, Ustad, I've invited you on today to the Thinking Muslim to discuss what I think is a pretty sensitive topic. What constitutes kufr and what conditions can we call someone a kafir, an unbeliever? I feel that the topic requires elaboration and study, and I want to take time to understand the different components and variables, inshallah ta'ala. We often see people claim an action to be kufr, for example, when someone neglects the salah, the prayer. Or, for example, they designate the use of a term, so for example, if someone calls themselves a feminist or a Muslim feminist, they would say this is a kufri term, and so they would attribute kufr to them. Also, there's the case of politicians, in particular Muslim politicians, who endorse reprehensible acts and uh, Muslim academics who call for the reform of Islam. These are all discussed under the situation of kufr. So what is kufr and does every act of kufr make a person become a non-Muslim, take a person out of Islam? I want to explore the different opinions that exist in classical Islam, but what is the practical guide here. So let's have an honest and frank discussion for the subject today. Now, for our listeners who may not know, uh, Ustad Iyad Hilal is a khatib at many masajid in California. He also formerly studied Usul al-Fiqh, uh, Islamic legal theory, and is the author of a book, Studies in Usul al-Fiqh. So let's start with the basics. What is a Muslim and who is a kafir? Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for inviting me. This is, as you mentioned, a very sensitive uh, topic. And we should be careful about addressing it. The objective behind understanding this issue is not to have in our pockets uh, an auto-labeling machine and just issuing a label attaching it to certain person. You are labeled kafir, you are labeled uh, non-kafir. You are labeled kafir, you are not labeled non-kafir. Our objective is not not, uh, this. We are not enjoying, and we shouldn't enjoy at all, calling someone kafir. This is not something should be enjoyed. It is actually very sad uh, to see someone carrying out certain act that can be labeled as such. So we shouldn't get into this. We should be very careful. The second point is the point which you just mentioned, the actions which you just mentioned. Uh, Always, you need to give the person the benefit of the doubt before rushing to any judgment. Uh, Having said that, we can move to the other point. Which the point which you mentioned, talking about Islam. Hmm. Uh, who is a yeah? Who is Islam. a Muslim and who is a kafir? Yes. Yes. The Muslim, we know, is that who carries out the shahada. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah 
I bear witness that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger. The word Ashadu by itself, it carries certainty. It's not that I think most likely that Allah is one. I think most likely that Muhammad is his messenger. But rather Ashadu. I bear with this. I do believe conclusively beyond any level of doubt that Allah is one. The creator is one. He is the only one who is worth to be worshipped. And I do believe conclusively that Muhammad is his messenger. That Quran is from God. It's not to the best of my knowledge, Muhammad is messenger. To the best of my knowledge, I surveyed all possibilities. The best possibility is that he is a messenger. This level can be addressed while you are searching. But after that, you, re you got to reach to a conclusion that Muhammad is for sure, absolutely, conclusively, all words that give the same meaning is his messenger with no room for doubt. This is Okay, the key for entering Islam. Uh, now, uh, there are other things related to this. So after that, since we believe in Quran, we have to believe also in the pillars of Iman. Conclusively, so the Prophet believed in what had been revealed to him and the Mu'minun, each one of them believed in Allah, in his angels, his books, his messengers. And there are other ayat talking about the hereafter. So we believe in all of this in a conclusive way. We don't just believe in Quran in a conclusive way, but we believe in whatever is mentioned in Quran. So Al Quran Karim told us about the angels, we believe in the angels. Quran Karim told us that the angels have wings, uh, then we do believe that they have wings. We cannot describe how the angels look like because this is the ghaib. And part of our belief is believing in the ghaib. In the two ayat in Surah Al Baqarah, Alladina yu'minuna bil ghaib. So, we establish this system of belief in general. This is in general. Okay. Uh, there are so many details fit under that, but this is not the time now to discuss uh, the pillars of Iman and get uh, in further discussion. Now, what causes the person to get outside or leaving Islam is the same level of certainty. So, you do believe that there is no God but Allah. You have to, if, 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 if you want to label someone leaving Islam, you have to have a conclusive belief, evidence for you, showing you that he left Islam. The Shari'i Maxim, Man dakhla al-Islam biyaqeen, he who enters Islam with certainty, la yakhruju minhu illa biyaqeen. Or didn't get outside of Islam except by certainty. Hmm. So it's not up to me. Yeah, he is kafir. Wait a minute. Where is your certainty? Did you talk to him? Did you ask him? Did you understand what he wants? So those are. This is basically the basic answer for this. Yeah. You have so, to have certainty at two levels. So I want to I want to understand uh, what it means to establish certainty in this area. But before I do so, can we get um, some differentiation between an act of kufr and uh, when someone becomes a murtad, when someone leaves Islam? Is there a difference? Like, do all acts of kufr lead to uh, a person becoming a kafir? Okay, that's a very good question. There is difference between judging an act and judging a person. The acts of kufr are known, and we can go over them when we talk what does constitute uh, apostasy later mm -hmm. on. But not each and every one 
who commit such act will be labeled as kafir. Right. Now we are talking about judging a person, not judging an act. We know in our early seera, those few people who accepted Islam with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and some of them migrated to Abyssinia and then came to, uh, to Medina, and some of them, of course, joined Badr and so on. One of them was a Sahabi called Qudamat ibn Mad'un radiallahu anhu. Qudamat ibn Mad'un, he was a Muslim in Mecca, so he was from As-Sabiqin al-Awwaleen, the early Muslims. He migrated to Abyssinia, he returned to Medina, he joined Badr, Shahida Badran. In the days of Umar ibn Khattab, the books of Fiqh bring an incident uh, says that he consumed alcohol. And uh, then he consumed alcohol thinking that it is halal. Okay. Uh, Umar ibn Khattab did not apply the rule of apostasy on him. Hmm. Rather, he just lashed him uh, the punishment for those who drink alcohol. Ibn Qudama mentions another example, uh, a person called Abu Jandal ibn Suhail, uh, Abu Jandal and another group in Bilad al-Sham drank alcohol, saying that it is halal. And they quoted the ayah, Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah 93. ليس على الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات جناح فيما طعموا إذا ما اتقوا وآمنوا وعملوا الصالحات ثم اتقوا وآمنوا ثم اتقوا وأحسنوا والله يحب المحسنين There is not upon those who believe and do righteous uh, deeds a blame concerning what they have uh, uh, eaten in the past if they fear Allah and the ayah ayah surah number 5 ayah number 93 so they thought that this ayah, which we use the word qualifies the ayah, Do you mean abrogates? Not abrogating. Uh, they would say, as an example, that ayah doesn't carry prohibition. Right. As an example. So the point is that uh, Umar al Khattab and the governors at that time in Bilad al-Sham, uh, I did not verify in which era Abu Jandal uh, have that. Ibn uh, Qudama did not, uh, okay. Uh, he says, uh, the, ed the editor of Al-Mughni says that Qissat Abu Jandal is reported by Abd razzaq in Al-Musannaf. Fi babi man ukhidha min ashab al-Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was from the Sahaba also, from those who were subject to certain punishment from the Sahaba of Rasulullah So this tells us the concern of Umar and the governors at that time, that they are not in the business of takfir at all. This doesn't mean that we can use this uh, evidence this issue as an evidence that drinking wine is halal. Drinking wine is haram, prohibited, period. And the ayah tells this. But for some reason, those two people have certain doubt. That certain doubt, which came into their mind, prevented Omar and this governor from applying the apostate rule. Yes. Can I, can I ask a question about this? So is it that these individuals, when they drank alcohol, they believed that Islamically it was allowed. Now, that was an incorrect opinion. That was a misunderstanding of the ayat. But because they believed that Islamically it was allowed, they hadn't questioned the, uh, the, uh, the duty of Allah. Rather, what they had done is they had misunderstood uh, some verses. So ultimately, they still believed it was really a misunderstanding on their part. Exactly. But now... There is a hadith which uh, which scares me actually, which I fear, um, and I read when I read it. The hadith says that there will come a time when you've heard this. There will come a time when you'd wake up a believer and then you would die a kafir, you would die a non-Muslim. Okay. 
And um, I often hear this hadith being mentioned in lectures in relation to some of the malpractices that exist in the world around us today. Um, so is it right to conclude from this hadith that you can slip from Iman to Kufr in a very easy way and, and maybe we should be worried or constantly be worried about our Iman because of that possibility that within, within 12 hours, a 12-hour cycle, uh, we could end up uh, on the opposite side and end up uh, without Iman. Of course, we should be concerned about this. It doesn't take 12 hours. <laughs> At times, it, it's less than that. <laughs> but for, for me to judge such person, I have to talk to him. Right. But for him, for us, me and him, we should be concerned about our own selves. The one who wants to label me, he should talk to me and understand me. I, I know as a case, unfortunately, a person uh, left Islam. I know him. Huh. And I have some correspondence with him. And he was, the, the, the communication went into nowhere. But hmm. one point he mentioned that his mother present, told him, and he draws, drew certain image about Muhammad Sallallahu in, 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 in his mind when he was a child. Right. Nice person, he was Uncle Alamo, and and certain things. And then he said, I was reading a hadith that the, the talks about the heat, uh, which we experience in the summer, that this is from Jahannam. So Muhammad doesn't know the natural law. The heat which we have is because of the sun, this temperature. So I told him, يعني, first of all, the image that your mother, according to you, I didn't talk to your mother, uh, that she drew in, Muhammad, about, in your mind about Muhammad وسلم, is not right. So you did not believe, actually. If this is the basics for your belief in Islam, you didn't believe to start with. So don't say that you converted to Christianity. Mm. So, the, yeah. but the point that the point that triggered this is just him reading a hadith, and he was not able to to to, to answer it. I told him you could have consulted someone about the meaning of the hadith, hmm. because the hadith came in different ways, and one form of the hadith talks about compares the temperature, the heat which we experience, to the temperature of Jahannam. Of course, no comparison. What we have is much, much easier than that. So before uh, rushing to, to, to a conclusion, try to do some research. But the problem is uh, we don't know how the psyche of the person works. This is why the Hadith tells us, be aware. Because you can be slipping very fast. Mm. And uh, how to be aware for always uh, maintaining certain frames, certain parameters in, in mind. And of course, uh, con having a good companionship, sohba, with people, and keep exchanging ideas, having, having a discussion uh, going on in certain issues, uh, if you have a question or if they have a question, to, to reach to an answer. Mm. Don't try to think on your own by yourself. Yes, Tadal. Yeah, I want to range, uh, I want to talk about um, some specific examples and mm -hmm. um, how we can apply those examples to this subject. Um, but can I ask you about the range of views in classical fiqh on this subject? Can you briefly outline uh, what the classical scholars say about uh, kufr and iman? Okay. Uh, I basically, uh, while preparing for this uh, podcast, uh, read some general books of fiqh, but I focused on four uh, contemporary books. One book is Ahkam al-Murtaddi fi Shari'at al-Islamiyya, The Rules of the Apostate in the Islamic Sharia by Dr. Nu'man Abdul Razak al-Sami al-Ra'i. 
and another book at the Shri Al-Jinai for Islam, the Criminal Law in Islam by uh, Abdul Qadir Oda. And third book, Nidam Al-Uqubat by Abdul Rahman Al-Maliki. And fourth book, Mawsu'at Al-Fukh Al-Islami by Muhammad bin Ibrahim Al-Tawajri. So they talked in general about the same issues. All of them, as an example, let's, let's go by, uh, one by one. Samir Rai says, after, after defining the Murtad and the Ridda and bringing the ayat that talk about the Ridda, uh, he says the, the, the Ridda can be by number one, Al-I'tiqad. Ridda being what? Sorry, explain Apost Ridda. Apostasy. Okay. Okay. Ridda is apostasy. He hmm. says Al-I'tiqad. Belief. Like what? Like a person believes in two gods, as an example, astaghfirullah. Uh, a person who is Muslim and he keeps keeps believing in Trinity. He is Muslim and he keeps believing that Jesus is Son of God, hmm. as an example. Yeah. Then the verbal statements. If a person said open kufr statement that Quran is not complete, that Jibreel mis misplaced Quran, put it in Muhammad, he should have put it with someone else, that I don't believe in the story of Yunus alayhi salam, someone would get into the ocean, swallowed by the whale, and then he was saved from the whale, as an example. Hmm. Actions. A person uh, bows to a cross or to uh, an idol, or he has the signs of, you know, some, some people uh, have the signs of uh, Trinity moving their hands in three parts of their body, you know, the two sides and then the, at the top, you know, to, to, to simple, uh, for, as a simple for the Trinity. And then he says abstaining. Hmm. Staying away from certain acts. As an example, staying away uh, from uh, conclusive fraud. This is debatable. You have Abdul Qadir Oda, he says there are three. He said the Ridda has two uh, actually uh, elements that constitute the Ridda, the apostasy. Number one, the crime itself in i'tiqad, in actions or abstaining, and in verbal statements. Very much similar. But he adds another component to the idda, to the, to the idda asset. Al-qasd al-jina'i. So you have to have the action itself, and you have to have al-qasd al-jina'i. Al-qasd al-jina'i, the intention. So it's not good enough to commit the act. That's why we say that just carrying out certain act of kufr is not necessarily, does not necessarily mean that the person is kafir. So Al-Qadr Uda says the second component in the apostasy is Al-Qasd Al-Jina'i. وَيُشْتَرَطُ لِوُجُودِ جَرِيمَةِ الرِّدَّةِ أَنْ يَتَعَمَّدَ الْجَانِي إِتْيَانَ الْفِعْلِ أو القول الكفري وهو يعلم أنه فعل أو قول كفري that he has to purposefully carry out the act of kufr or the statement of kufr knowing that this is kufr right. so he says he who carries out certain act of kufr but doesn't know that it is kufr he is not kafir. And he who carries out certain uh, word of, uh, utters certain word of kufr, but he doesn't know the meaning, he is not kafir. And he who rules by certain uh, uh, rules of kufr without believing in it, he is not kafir. Hmm. So, uh, he quotes a shafi'i and I checked the book Nihatul Muhtaj by Shafi'i Fiqh. He says, and 
ويشترط الشافعي أن يقصد الجاني أن يكفر that الشافعي says that the one who commits such act must purposefully wants to commit the kufr he purposefully wants to convert to Christianity so this uh, determination knowingly what makes him kafir so this is Abdul Qadir Udi who is accused of being extremist by the way Abdul Nasser hanged him imagine the way he introduces the issue of takfir rahimahullah and then Abdurrahman al-Maliki he says that it is i'tiqad the belief ash-shak the doubt so that i'tiqad we say that okay I believe that Jesus is son of God if someone says this or believes in this he is kafir what about the shak the doubt let's go back to the first maximum we said about entering Islam you have to have conclusive and firm belief so if a person says I think most likely that there are angels so he has shak. he is not sure about the angel he is not sure about Quran whether it's the word of God or not yeah most likely it is the word of God but I'm not sure about it I cannot be sure this is kufr hmm. verbal statements if a person utters kufr statement of course knowingly and knowing what does it mean and then the action carries out kufr action okay to Ejri, he says there are three elements the i'tiqad the belief the doubt if you doubt something and the verbal statements he is not talking about missing actions so from those four uh, work uh, writings on, on the Ridda we can see that at number one there uh, there is overlap mm. between them number two the difference is in the categorization so all of them say that you have to be sure hundred percent actually Maliki adds if a person says something can be interpreted as kufr 99% but there is 1% room for him then you give him the benefit of the doubt this 1% will save him from the kufr now a person would say well what about if he says this just to save himself from the punishment again in Islam we, we do believe in the hereafter so there is an Islamic fiqh what is called al-hukmu diyanatan wal-hukmu qada'an al-hukmu qada'an in this dunya if he asks you as a mufti or as a judge you give him certain ruling then if a person comes to you and tells you I divorced my wife in this way just one time can, I, can we get back to each other you will tell him yes maybe he is divorcing her the third time that's between him and between Allah for me he came and told me one time I cannot tell him she has to get married from another person because of this one time so this is al-hukm al-qadai al-hukm al-diyani when we stand facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at a time in which my, our limbs our tongues our ears will deliver testimony against our own selves that's al-hukm al-diyani different so if a person yeah, says yeah I doubt, I'm not sure I have doubt you, you give him certain answer but you leave him to Allah so these just these these acts tell you that the jurists are not in the business of labeling people at all and the jurist and the judge also are not in the business of just killing astaghfirullah killing people which you know i'm not talking about the rule of apostasy that's a totally different subject i don't want to touch it now because it will get us into another three hours
So the layman shouldn't be in the business of labeling people kafir or calling people out for kufr? Of course not. Not the layman, not the educated man. Right. How about if someone said, um, so I, I'm going back now to your example of that uh, Sahabi at the time of Omar ibn Khattab, radiallahu uh, anhum. Um, how about if today someone said that alcohol is halal, not because I have a text, not because I have an evidence to say it's halal, but rather because I believe that Islam generally allows me to use my mind and my mind sometimes can overrule or can command over the text, which some modernists do talk about today. Yes. And so scientific evidence says that a little bit of alcohol, maybe they say red wine, is good for the heart. And so I'm going to drink this because um, Allah has allowed me to use my mind over revelation. How would you think about such a person? I would say you need to engage in a discussion with, with, this, with such person. Mm. Rebuild his frame of thinking before putting your hand in your uh, pocket, getting the uh, labeling machine and mm. pressing the button and give him this label. Mm. Talk to this person. Establish a frame. What's the relationship between reason and revelation? What's the role of reason? Islam didn't come to cancel uh, the role of reason at all. But it, the, the reason has certain specific role. Uh, Islam did not prohibit consuming wine in all cases. Yes, the general rule is haram. But if there is medical reason prescribed by a doctor, yeah. as an example, in the surgery, they will give you anesthesia. And anesthesia is drugs. Taking the same thing to just sleep, to enjoy yourself sleeping, to get rid away from what's going on around you is haram. But taking it as a procedure needed before you go to a surgery by the doctor, nothing wrong. So the same thing in, in marijuana. Consuming marijuana is haram. Medical marijuana prescribed by uh, a qualified doctor just doctor, qualified doctor, is, is, uh, is, is permitted. So, okay, what do you say now about all of this? Mm. After you, he agrees with you, with you in the frame, he agrees with you in the role of the reason, he agrees with, the, with you in the uh, dynamic the, uh, of the Islamic fiqh. Uh, what do you say now? If he tells you, no, 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 none of this I believe in, I, I have the, the sole authority to, talk, to, to say what to, what to do, what not to do, God has nothing to do with this, that statement is kufr. So we have to, again, differentiate between uh, labeling statements or actions and, and between labeling person. Now, um... Let me ask you about um, the kabair, the big sins in okay. Islam. If someone committed these big sins, does that in any way negate their Islam? Or there is a category uh, that I've heard about, which is um, uh, uh, knowing uh, from Islam by necessity. Those actions, those activities that everyone should know about, for example, that prayer is an obligation. If someone brazenly left these obligations or even denounced these obligations as being unimportant, how would we describe that person's iman? Or how would we describe that action? Maybe that's a better way to... Yeah, there is difference between uh, denying it and between the lack of the compliance. Mm. And if a person denies that salah is mandatory, Jahad al-Salah. Jahad al-Salah means denying the Salah. That's kufr. And between a person doesn't pray. Hmm. So, known from Islam by necessity, 
fits under the belief not complying by what islam uh, prohibited and known by necessity does not necessarily mean kufr unless if it means that he denies the rule so in the case of salah which you ask about there is very well known debate about it uh, so all scholars say that if a person he is not praying because he does not recognize it he denies it that's different that's kufr and another person does not pray but he admits that it is a must so there is difference so we see first of all there is difference between those two cases now he he says that it's fard but he doesn't pray and you can't imagine the excuses that some people bring because they don't pray not sometimes laziness sometimes they'll tell you i don't see that it has impact in my life i don't no person reminds me i need to be always reminded as an example so those who admit that the salah is a must but they don't pray then you have different views about this we have as an example abu hanifa allahumma arda'an says he is not kafir he is not apostate you can imprison him until he prays and uh, Malik and the Shafi'i say you apply the capital punishment but not as a kafir as a had okay what's the difference between the had and the kufr the had like if a person drinks alcohol if he drinks alcohol or if he steals or if he commits zina he'll tell you zina is haram but i did it so you lash him on a hundred lashes but if he commits zina as a kufr i don't recognize that zina is haram uh, in this case he is committing an act of apostasy those who say that you have to kill him as an apostate in this case killing is different than the first killing because he keeps believing that zina is haram yet he just committed it so you have al-hudud for those who carry out certain acts but admit that they are prohibited they don't question their prohibition this is hudud and then a person commits apostasy and you apply capital punishment on him you don't apply it as a had you say they say so if a person commits apostasy according to the majority the mainstream view homicide uh, capital punishment i'm not discussing this now okay but i want to compare it with another crime that also deserves capital punishment first degree murderer a homicide crime also you kill him the killer will be killed haddan or qasasan as a qasas retaliation versus the murtad so you have two forms of applying the very same punishment so malik and the shafi'i say if a person doesn't pray you don't apply it as ridda you apply it as had okay imam ahmed did not differentiate he said whether he is not praying out of negligence out of laziness out of reject rejection he is kafir and you kill him in all cases which is problematic why we know the debate that happened in our history after 
the assassination of Imam Ali radiallahu anhu. Uh, you know, there were three groups emerged. You have uh, the, the Shia who remained with Ali, who turned to be Shia nowadays. At that time, they were not known as Shia. And you have the Khawarij who revolted against even Imam Ali. Hmm. And you have Ahl Am, Ahl Sunnah. So there is a debate occurred regarding Murtakibul Kabira. If a person commits a Kabira sin, is he Kafir or not? Al Khawarij say he is Kafir. They don't exist nowadays, by the way. We shouldn't be shouldn't be confused by the Ibadi. The Ibadi who lived in Iran, in Libya, and in Oman, they are not Khawarij. And they don't carry this act, this view. Uh, the Ahl Sunnah say he is Fasq. He is not Kafir. The Mu'tazila came with the third view. They say, Manzilatun Bainal Manzilatayn. He is in a manzila, in a stage between the two stages, between the Kufr of the Khawarij and Muslim Ahl Sunnah. But the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila agreed that such person, if he enters Jahannam, he will not get out of it for eternity. Ahl Sunnah say no, he can get out of it. And, and I studied this carefully and I found no evidence, no compelling evidence for the Mu'tazila and the Khawarij to say that he will stay in Jahannam for eternity. No Muslim will stay in Jahannam for eternity. So go back to the point, Ahlul Sunnah is not part of their belief to, to make takfir for the one who commits major sin, as long as not juhudan, not denying the hukum shara'i. Except in the mas'ala of the salah, Imam Ahmad, to the exclusion of all other three schools, he says that he is kafir, whether rejection or uh, or or rejection, uh, you know, المشهور عن مذهب بيام أحمد رحمه الله أنه يكفر ويقتل ردة the one who doesn't pray out of reasons. No so for Imam, so for Imam Ahmed, this is not applied to fasting. This is not applied to Hajj. This no, just no, just, just Salah. Just to Salah. Okay. If just someone rejects, if someone does not pray to yes, Salah, because he said there is a hadith. Says, the line that separates between man and kufr is leaving the salah. But, yeah, Imam Ahmad, this hadith is not conclusive. So, how can you issue takfir based on not conclusive evidence? And you can say that. If he leaves the Salah, he will be getting into the Kufr. Not he is Kufr Kafir. So the Salah is the, the buffer zone. If a person leaves the Salah, there is no buffer zone between him and between Kufr. He can get Kafir. So again, the point is, من ترك الإسلام من دخل الإسلام بيقين لا يخرج منه إلا بيقين. He who enters Islam with certainty, he wouldn't leave Islam except with certainty. This okay. is the rule, actually, Imam Shaykh al-Islam bin Taymiyyah said it uh, eloquently. So actually, as you're on the subject, Shaykh uh, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah, uh, he is uh, Hanbali. And yes. so did he follow the same rule regarding Salah as, uh, his, um, as Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, rahmatullah alayhi? Imam, Imam Ibn Tamiyyah differs with Imam Ahmad in certain issues. Hmm. But in this specific issue, and I actually, honestly speaking, I did not read the view of Imam Ibn Tamiyyah. I can put it, inshallah, later on in the chat uh, section in, uh, in your program. Yeah. Inshallah. Now, let, let me ask you then about uh, politicians uh, that legislate immoral or un-Islamic acts. So, for example, uh, recently I was reading uh, about the government in Bosnia, uh, which is a Muslim government, and they passed a law punishing anyone that discriminates against uh, LGBTQ people. 
Um, and uh, it so happened that another Muslim politician, maybe from an opposition party, protested against this rule and openly said that alternative sexualities are not allowed in this country. And she was taken to court and she was punished for uh, that speech. And so here we've got a government, a Muslim government, and, and it's because they want to become uh, members of the EU, but a Muslim government that decides that they're going to legislate rules which are very clearly against Islam. Is there a different category for those who are in the government? Uh, you know, there is uh, the, the issue of the ruler. If a ruler does not rule by Islam, yes. what is the Islamic ruling regarding them? Uh, the majority rule is that they are not kafir unless if they don't believe in the validity of Islam. If the ruler believes, admits that Islam, yes, it's our deen, it's our system, we have to follow, but we cannot apply it. So now they are fasiq or dhalim. Uh, actually, go back to Sheikh Abdul Qadir Oda. Sheikh Abdul Qadir Oda in his book at Tashri'a Jina'at al-Islam discussed this issue. So he said uh, regarding the ruler يُحْكَمُ عَلَيْهِمْ بِالْكُفْرِ وَالْظُلْمِ وَالْفِسْقِ كُلٌّ بِحَسَبِ حَالِهِ We have three ayat, he says. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنْزَ اللَّهُ فَلَأَكْمُ الْكَافِرُونَ He who doesn't rule by whatever Allah revealed, he is kafir. There is another ayah says he who doesn't uh, rule by whatever Allah revealed, he is dhalim. Mm. Not kafir, dhalim. The first one is dhalim, apostate, uh, kafir. Second one is dhalim, oppressor. The third ayah, And he who doesn't rule by whatever Allah revealed, he is fasiq. So the three ayat of Surah Al-Ma'idah gave three different titles. And they are not contradicting each other. So we have to understand each ayah within its context. Right. This is the view of Abdul Qadir Oda. So yeah. he says, each ruler based on their case and their situation. Again, go back to the iftah. You don't generalize. You need to understand the case, case by case. So he says, فَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنِ الْحُكْمِ بِحَدِّ السَّرِقَةِ أو القذف أو الزنا لأنه يفضل غيره من أوضاع البشر عليه فهو كافر. He who turns away from applying the rules on the theft or the zina or uh, accusing a people falsely of zina because he thinks that other the man-made ruling is much better than this. This is outdated. He is kafir. ومن لم يحكم به لعلة أخرى غير الجحود والسنكران فهو ظالم إن كان في حكمه مضيعا لحق أو تاركا لعدل أو مساواة if he is not ruling by Islam because of different reason without denying it uh, then he would be a ظالم an oppressor if he was oppressing his people. Otherwise, if a person is not ruling by Islam without rejecting it, but at the same time did not oppress his people, so he is not kafir, he is not valim, he is not oppressor, he is fasiq. Hmm. So, yeah. you have three cases. Now, in the case of Bosnia, again, you need to understand the situation. Do they really believe that Islam is outdated? Or they think that this is the problem. We are living now uh, in a very weak situation. And if a person has this eagerness to join others, you know, this can in his hidden mind, justify 
many things. So he'll tell you, no, 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 that's haram. But I'm not uh, going to put it in my constitution. And by the way, this is different than saying that uh, homosexuality is permitted and between saying you cannot discriminate against them. So you cannot discriminate against them is a different level. So even when it comes to homosexuality, it, addressing it requires different levels. Number one, what is the shari'i uh, ruling in this? Number two, how to handle these cases and this situation? How to talk to people? How to address it? And number three, are we allowed to discriminate against people or not? We are not. Go back okay. another another related issue. The first point which we talked about, uh, that in Islamic fuqa, we have different levels. We have the jurist level, we have the mufti, we have the qadi. And Rasulullah is our example at those different levels. Hmm. Applying such rule, no matter what the rule or the application is, is not our job at all. It's rather the job of the legitimate political leadership within the judiciary uh, platform. So okay. all what you can say in this case is this act is not right and how to talk to people there, that's a different level. You, you don't agree with this, but uh, you need to engage in a discussion with them so that to see what how how to address it and um i had a question about uh those muslim rulers those autocrats in the muslim world today who oppress their people so yes. I, I take it from uh, the answer you gave in the previous answer that this person would not ha have committed an act of kufr but they would be an oppressor they'll be a dalimun they'll be from the uh, oppressing oppressive class is that right yes but also add to this if you are living in a given Arab country or a Muslim country, Pakistan, Egypt, Syria, hmm. it doesn't matter if the ruler is Muslim or non-Muslim. The work to change the society is a must. Those rulers did not come to the power except by force. And they are oppressing people also yeah. so and they are not ruling by islam so away let's stay away from labeling x or y as being kafir uh, what's our responsibility towards the working to the change towards the change in that society it's a must there must be a work towards the change now how to bring the change that's different issue but whether they are kafir or not kafir, it doesn't change the ruling regarding the need to create that meaningful change in the society. I, I want to go back to um, the comment you made about the Hanbalis and uh, Ibn Taymiyyah. Now, there are groups today, uh, for example, ISIS, who claim to follow probably uh, the Hanbali school or they would characterize that they're following the uh, the the course of or the path of Ibn Taymiyyah and uh, they have a very flexible notion of what it means uh, what a Muslim means and uh, if for example a Muslim uh, they reject a particular group of Muslims or they find that a group of Muslims uh, do not give them allegiance then they give themselves the right to fight and kill those Muslims. And we know that. We know that there have been yeah. a number of groups that have um, uh, killed one another. Is this a, mis a, a misunderstanding or a misinterpretation of Ibn Taymiyyah? Or is there something in Islamic history that gives these people a, a, a verdict to allow them to commit these crimes against fellow Muslims? This issue is a very sophisticated and delicate issue again. And I would address it at different levels. But first of all, let's talk about our Torah. 
we have the Islamic fiqh, we have the literature of hadith, we have all of this, and uh, all of this is a human product. I mean, the work to compile the hadith is a human product, human effort. The hadith, which is proven to be authentic, is the hadith of the Prophet But compiling these reports together and evaluating the authenticity is a human effort. Uh, the fiqh elaboration is a human effort. So we are going to see very wide uh, spectrum, very wide, uh, let me say, uh, levels of different views. Uh, now, while we read our Torahs, I would say we should avoid two extremes. The first is to reject all of it together. The second is to think that everything written is holy because someone said it. Let me give you one example, a fiqh example. Now there are no slaves, alhamdulillah, but there is a debate among Muslim jurists about the aura of a lady who is, an, who, who is being kidnapped as a slave. What's her aura? What are the parts of her body she can expose? Uh, most jurists said it is like man. So you can walk, as an example, covering between the navel and, uh, and between the knees. Okay, she can do so. She can walk in the street, for the lack of a better word, topless without covering her body, except those two limits, the navel and the knees. Ibn Hazm, to the exclusion of all others, attacked this view. He said she is a human being. Her aura is like the aura of any other free woman. And we are degenerating her, putting her down by this, uh, saying those, they are... There are two forms of aura, one for the free, one for the slave. So this view is in our culture, and this view is in our culture. So who to choose? Hmm. If you want to choose the mainstream, I guess no one will object. I'm assuming. But I would choose the view of Ibn Hazm. Because it fits within Maqasid al-Shari'ah, the Sharia objectives. One of the high objectives of Sharia is to maintain human integrity and human honor. And the view that the aura of a slave woman is different than the aura of a free woman goes against this objective. And by the way, in Hazm, weakens all reports that suggest otherwise mm. in his book Al-Muhalla. So it tells you that the challenge which we are facing is how to engage in our Torah, how to read our Torah in a critical way. Are there portions in our Torah, are there spots in our Torah can be misinterpreted? Maybe, yes. Ibn Taymiyyah himself had been misinterpreted. You know, يعني, we said that the qaida which he has in the takfir, we said it clearly. Man islam la minhu illa He who enters Islam with certainty does not get out of it except with certainty. Some of his followers claim that Ibn Taymiyyah does not mean here full certainty. And Dr. Hatim Al-Uni responded to that. They say that you can have the takfir based on Ghalabat al-Dhan. Most likely uh, 
uh, this view is there. So you can issue the takfir based on that. Ibn Taymiyyah, and they quote Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah's statement is very clear. You need to have certainty. Oh, no, no, he doesn't mean certainty. What do you mean? Most likely. Doesn't mean this. And uh, uh, Dr. Hatim Al-Uni, he actually, he talks about it. Uh, and he says, uh, the Imam Dahabi says, and the view of Imam Sheikh give excuses for people, give them room for excuses. ولا يكفر أحدا إلا بعد قيام الدليل والحجة عليه. He wouldn't give any takfir except after establishing the dalil, the evidence, the compelling evidence. So it's not good enough to think, yeah, what he said is kufr. Do you have compelling evidence? Did you establish it? Did he accept this? Right. This is why we say that Takfir al when you want to give takfir to someone, it has to be to the judge. Now, so I, I brought this example to show that Ibn Taymiyyah had been very often misquoted. Hmm. So I don't buy what ISIS is saying. They can bring us any evidence and twist it the way they want. That's not to talk about their political orientation. Who brought them? How did they gain, gain a stringhold in, in Iraq and this and that? We know Nur al-Maliki, the prime minister at that time, is accused of giving them the platform. Hmm. So uh, I would say that they are manufactured group, made up group. Now, they caught this hadith or that evidence or in their dark rooms to recruit people, not in a genuine way. And uh, fighting them must be at different levels. One of them is intellectual, of course, by educating people. Because, uh, and now another one, stop justifying the, the status quo, the situation in the Muslim world. Uh, stop for the ulama being still out to the ruler. So if they continue doing so, they are using this to recruit people in dark rooms. Look to those ulama, all of them are still out. We are the guardians. We are giving you the genuine Islam. So no matter what they bring, if they want to bring it for a genuine discussion, there, there can be so many answers before getting into that. that. And okay. some of their just uh, views have no justification whatsoever. Enslaving mm -hmm. Muslim women. Where is it in our Torah that you can enslave a free person? You cannot establish slavery upon free person. But again, the issue of the slavery is different uh, discussion. Yeah. Don't want, yeah, don't want to get I, into the, those details. Thank you. But just uh, to show that their views are not necessarily uh, genuine. I've got one final question for you, uh, Ustad, and it's really about uh, the Uyghur Muslims uh, who are mm -hmm. at the moment languishing in concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And often, you know, we hear some very horrible stories that they have to utter words of kufr, uh, they have to denounce Islam, uh, they have to actually live as if they are uh, living their lives uh, uh, absent with, yes. without Islam. How do we understand uh, these uh, compromises. Um, can yeah. we argue that um, uh, because uh, there is necessity and because they're being coerced that uh, they will be forgiven for these acts uh, which look like acts of kufr? Very, uh, very delicate situation also. We are not in their shoes. But at the, in general, I'm saying in general, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِهَ وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ يعني You cannot do such thing unless if you are compelled while your heart is full of Iman. Like the example of Sayyid, Sayyidina Ammar ibn Yasir. Ammar ibn Yasir from the Monk the Sahaba. 
his father and his mother were killed in front of him in Quraysh, in Mecca. And they want him to talk, to denounce Islam, and he talked badly about the Prophet Sallallahu He talked badly about the Prophet, which is quote-unquote kufr. And then he came to the Prophet He told him, Rasulullah, لَقَدْ نِلْتُ مِنْكَ I spoke bad about you. So Rasulullah asked him, how do you find your heart? What's that inside you now? He said, Alhamdulillah, stronger than before. He told him, in Adu Fa'ud. If they come back to you with the same thing, say the same thing. So this is Rukhsa to the person uh, in this case. Rukhsa means an exception. Mm. Okay. Now, people in China uh, are facing maybe even more serious situation that than some people faced throughout our history. Maybe an example to them, Muslims in Spain. Yeah. Muslims in Spain face the same uh, problem. And the problem is that those rulers don't realize that sooner or later, after the oppression will be uplifted, people will go back to Islam. Now in, in, in Andalusia, Spanish people are coming back to Islam. Not in a huge number, but in a very interesting number. Recently they built a new mosque in Granada. So Muslim Igor, if a person is facing the same situation, Allah A'lam, uh, he will not be responsible. But what is our responsibility towards them? We cannot, especially those who are in power, the rulers, they cannot say, well, it's okay for them because they are under uh, compulsion. No. If you say this, you are selling them out to, to, to the communist regime and they will leave Islam and you will be responsible about that. So we carry responsibility towards them, everyone at their capacity. Ustad, Iyad Halal, Jazakallah care for your time today. It's uh, really been enlightening. Thank you very much for uh, for being with us today. Okay, I hope that uh, I answered all questions which you have in mind. And uh, what remains, inshallah, regarding Ibn Taymiyyah, I will uh, get back to you about it. Barakallah. Barakallah. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're Please remember to subscribe to our social media and YouTube channels and head over to our website thinkingmuslim.com to sign up to my weekly newsletter. Jazakallah khair.